Welcome to the Old School Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Martha. And I'm Frank Goodman. And we're glad to be back with you. Frank, I'm so glad to be back because, you know, this topic is amazingly interesting. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's my way of looking at it. All right. And we have so much to cover. But before we get into it, I want to thank the listeners, everybody who responded and everybody who came in with the suggestion that you assist them with the family tree. I had the same thing happen on my part. So it looks like this was a good topic to bring up. I think so. I agree. Yeah. So tonight I want to get into a little bit more into depth about family trees and research. And I think one of the things I wanted to point out, the word family, we roll that into a lot of, a lot of people roll into family. Mm -hmm. But when you're looking at genealogy, to me, there's two types of family lines. There's a bloodline where there's a blood relative or blood relationship. And then you have what I call others, which are people who are part of your family because they married into the family, or they're part of your family because they've been adopted into the family. So they're not really true bloodlines that connect you like you are connected to your parents, and they're connected to their parents. Hmm. So I wanted to point that out because we sometimes use the word family, and it's so broad that I think we should be careful that when we're looking at family in terms of researching and creating a family tree, hmm. you want to have it be blood relationships. Hmm. I don't know if you think the same way. I think that, I think people have their own reason for starting their family tree. Mm -hmm. And I've heard two main reasons. Some look at it as a direct line. They, they come into it saying, I want to know about my mother's side, and that's all, my maternal side. Mm -hmm. And then some people, whether it's paternal or, or, or maternal, they'll say, that's all I'm looking for. Right. And then you have those individuals like me. I'm on a broader scale because I come from a family during my generation where we don't know the gap is already there. The disconnection right. has already been made. So I'm covering down on other people, for example, and I'm going to make it short. I cover mm -hmm. down because, like with my wife, I do her family tree as well because my children are related to her family. Right. So by me doing my family tree, they get a chance to know my family, but they also get a chance to know the genealogy of Gloria's family. So if they marry someone and have children, I work on the family tree of their spouse because their child is related to that family that becomes her grandparents or his grandparents. You see what I mean? Right. So, yes. you know, I have a different way of looking at it than some people. Right. And I think that raises the question of the purpose of why you want to do a family tree to begin with. Mm -hmm. So that tells our listeners that they need to have a clear idea of what they want to do. They need to have a goal. Right. What are they trying to determine when they set up their family tree and how extensive do they want that family tree to be? Mm -hmm. And these are some of the things that we don't think about 
But we should think about or spend some time before we just jump into it to think about what, what do we want to find out? What is the timeline that we want to work with? You know, who are the people in our family that are the core people that surround you? Right. Because from, you're going to build out from you to your parents, parents on both sides. We forget. That's right. Not one-dimensional. You have parents, a paternal side and a maternal side. Mm-hmm. Very often what I've found is people focus on one side or the other, but not both. Right. And you need to focus on both because, in fact, you have two parents on each side and two sets of grandparents on their side. Right. Or four, actually four. So it expands out. So we need to look at that in depth to see what, am, what is my goal? Who, who do I want to trace in my family tree? And what am I trying to learn from this? Hmm. And the other thing I think we didn't talk about but there's also, when you create a family tree, there's different types of family tree charts. Mm-hmm. There's one that's called a pedigree chart, which goes out four generations. And then you have a family tree chart, which is your parents, your siblings, and if they're married, and their children. So that's your, your family tree. Mm-hmm. You select, and I think for me, I selected a single ancestor that I was going to trace. Right. I wanted to trace my mother's mother, my grandmother, mm-hmm. because I knew she was born in 1870, and she was born in South Carolina, and I knew the county. That helps to know the county. So sometimes you need to take a piece of paper and write down the things that you do know, because believe it or not, you'll come back to those things, and those things will help it guide you to the right family when you're looking at the various records. Right. Yeah. Did you do that? I did. I I did. I did. Well, I was, when I started now, you got to understand what caused me to to get started on my family tree. Right. It was disclosed to me the name, I was, the name of my grandfather. Right. And my grandfather happened to have a different surname. Mm Mm-hmm. That had an impact on me because at the time I was in the military and I'm trying to figure out how did that happen. Right. How did I go through my life then? Why why, why did my father have a different name than his father? Right. So I was dealing with that particular situation, which automatically caused me to step outside of just a single person it caused right. me to try to figure out how did this happen because my father was deceased by the time I received this information. My mother right. my mother was deceased by the time I received that information. So I didn't have those two individuals to go to to clarify anything. Right, to ask questions of. Nope. Yeah. And that puts you at a disadvantage because then you have to do uh, a search where you have to really weed out people so that you can single out a line or, or a person that you want to see if that's the person you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, it automatically made my search broader because I have to find out how did this, you know, how many how other names. Name change yeah, right. how, how many how other name names change? go inside, coincide with this person 
to where mm-hmm. I can prove that he is my grandfather. Right. So right. it required me to to look for any other name, any other surname mm-hmm. that's related to mm-hmm. me. So it automatically mm-hmm. became a broader search. Wow, wow. You had to do some real detective work there. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I sort of didn't have that that scenario, which is a good thing, because now I can say that mine, for mine, I knew from my mother all of my grandmother's siblings' names, hmm. except for one. There was one child that was taken away in slavery, hmm. or in captivity, I call it, hmm. and he never was seen again. Hmm. So we don't know his name, and we don't know what happened to him. Hmm. So there were 18. My grandmother was the last of 18 children. Hmm. And I was able, because I had the names, when I got to the census, I was able to find them by using two census years, the 1870-1880. But I'm going to, also, that leads me to talk about the fact that sometimes the information isn't always clear, Mm -hmm. and that sometimes you get misinformation because someone heard something from someone else who heard it from someone else, and the truth might not be there. Hmm. It might be, like you said, sometimes... You think a person that you're searching for is the right person, but in fact, he might be the right family group, but a different person within that family. Right. So you got incomplete information or missing information that you might come across, and then you have unverified information. You try to verify as much as you can to support what your findings are. You know. Unfortunately, people put names on family trees without research or without verification to later be frustrated and say, well, the ancestry doesn't work and the family tree is no good. But it's not that it doesn't work and it's not any good. It's simply that the information you started out with is not as good as you thought it was. Right. You know, I'll give you, for example, um, in my family, there was a story that ran around that implied, now I'm not, it didn't happen, it was an implied story, that a brother and a sister married each other. Mm-hmm. Well, the truth, when you dig further into the story, you had a mother and a daughter with the same name, a son and an uncle with the same name. And people co-mingled those two people, the male and the female, they co-mingled four people into two. Mm-hmm. Coalition into two, mm-hmm. and they and this story went rampant right. until you discover the marriage licenses, and then you see there were completely different women, mm-hmm. completely two different men. So sometimes you have to be careful because you'll see same name for two people, but there is a case where you want to pay attention to the ages and the location of where these people are found, so that you don't make that error. Or that you don't repeat it. You know, we touched on that on this topic during mm-hmm. the last episode, and we were saying, you know, sometimes you have to pay attention to the age when you have people of the same name. That's right. And you got to pay attention to the birthday, or you have to pay attention to the age, because right. there will be enough skepticism created to where you say, "I better hold off on that." That's true. You know. Okay, a perfect example of that is. Say a grandmother is named Mary. Right. And she has six children. Right. 
each one of the children marries, and they're going to have a daughter. Right. And each one of them names the daughter Mary. That's right. In honor of the grandmother. Mm-hmm. Now you're faced with six Marys, and seven actually when you count the grandmother, and you have to determine which is the Mary that you're looking for. Right. So that's where the age comes in, the time period comes in, and the birth, the date of your birth and the year of your birth come in as well. Mm-hmm. So that's important, you know, that we have to look at those things. And but then you have to start looking mm-hmm. for, then you have to start looking at the registers, the city register. Yes. Yes. The city register will start showing those names, and you start noticing that there's a male spouse with a different name, with a different Mary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now you have to start linking those those individuals together. You have to start looking for marriage license, because a lot of marriage license, especially in Alabama, I love their marriage license because it's an application. Mm-hmm. So their application will show the names of the mother and father on the application. In Georgia, they don't have the application. They only have mm-hmm. the marriage license. So you don't get to see the names of their parents on mm-hmm. when they get married. You just see PC or C or whatever right. they're going right. to show to show that that's a person of color or color. Right, yeah. right. You know, the funny thing that you mentioned the states, because South Carolina, I have yet to find a marriage license, mm-hmm. period. Right. None. Zip. Zero. Um, North Carolina, I find them, because I've seen them in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I find marriage licenses when I look at uh, Tennessee. Right. Tennessee has an amazing marriage license because you have to pay $1,250 to get married in Tennessee. Yeah. And I, that's the first time I ever encountered a, a price set for a marriage. Right. And listed on the marriage license that they paid $1,250 to, to marry one another. Hmm. And this, I'm talking about early marriage licenses. Yeah. 1880, 1890. And I'm saying, where would we get that kind of money? In those days, that's like an exorbitant amount of money. It's theft, really. It, it's highway robbery there. Yeah. You know, New York, by the same token, New York doesn't have a fee, but they, they list marriage licenses. Some marriage licenses will list the parents in some states, or at least the registry, registry will, okay, mm-hmm. list the parents. Mm-hmm. Um in some states, they don't list any of that except the names of the two individuals getting married. Right. So the, it depends on the state in which you're um, looking for the marriage licenses. But I would always say be open-minded because you don't know what a marriage license and how different they are from state to state. Mm-hmm. And some states, don't be surprised, like South Carolina, have yet to find one. And I questioned um, a, a cousin about it, and he said he'd never seen one either, and he's been doing research far longer than I have. Right. And he said it's mostly because people kept the marriage licenses, they wrote the date in their Bibles. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you know what? That leads me to think about another thing, Bibles. And marriage licenses are dates of birth and dates of death in, in Bibles. 
once your family passes away or some the member passes away, very often people throw that away. Right. And it got me thinking about the carelessness that we have of throwing things away that are important. We think because the person is deceased that they don't, we don't need to keep their Bibles, their birth certificates. Sometimes we keep their death certificates for a little while. We don't keep school certificates, baptism papers. We don't even keep heirlooms, baby shoes. Church records sometimes go missing because somebody didn't realize the importance of all the members of the church mm-hmm. and burned them. Cemetery records, we don't have those either. And so we are sometimes faced with a daunting effort, and the only thing we can fall back on are things like the census records, tax property records, and military records. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the families had those documents. They had those additional documents from insurance, from insurance Mm -hmm. policies Mm -hmm. to burial plots. Right. They had the obituaries. Mm -hmm. They had the newspaper clipping. Yes. But when that when that person dies. A lot of times family members come in and they erase that person. They erase that person from the house. They start going to the closet. They go through everything. And they start throwing it away or giving it away. They erase that person immediately. I don't think Mm -hmm. we understood that. I don't think we understood that after our parents' generation. Because you and I are straddling the fence between old Mm -hmm. school and new school. Yes, we are. Our parents understood the importance of keeping what their mother and father passed down. We moved away from it. Yes, we did. Because or we didn't feel we needed to. The generation after us moved away from it. Definitely. Not after us. Yes. Uh, Not recognizing yeah. that by throwing those things away, Frank, they created a gap. Yeah. They created a lost record. Mm-hmm. and a lost connection to their family. Because now what you would have used, that piece of paper that you would have held in your hand that told you this is when they got married, you know, this is the date, you you are now missing it. The Bibles, they, they didn't even think about the Bibles. Mm-hmm. I've seen people throw Bibles in the garbage. Mm-hmm. And I, and, I, and I say, what a tragedy. You know, I hate to say it, but I have become the recipient of all of my deceased family members' Bibles, hmm. including my mother and my grandmother. Hmm. Now, I have my grandmother's Bible. Mm-hmm. My father's mother's Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you understand, that's an heirloom. Mm-hmm. We need to gain an understanding of the importance of documents, our history. Documents represent a point in time in history where you lived or that person lived. And the more documents we have, the more valid our history. So, so Martha, how do you deal with friends who become closer than family? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the friend takes on 
the persona of being a, a, a sibling or a relative? Well, the honest answer is that person is not a sibling, is not a direct relative because you can't point that person to an aunt or an uncle or a sibling of your parents or even your grandparents. Mm-hmm. There is a construct that we need to pay attention to of what a family is. The family are people who are related to one another, mm-hmm. related, not friendship, but related by blood to one another. Mm-hmm. And if we keep that in mind, then that person is nice to know that they're that close to the family and they can be called a family friend, but they really are not truly family because they weren't born into that family. You have to be born into the family tree to be on that family tree is the way I look at it. And then once you place them on that tree deliberately, mm-hmm. when you well, do that, you, you have a, you have an impact on that tree. Well, she, yes, you do. Because what you want to be as accurate as you possibly can on, on the right. family tree. That's right. And what you're doing, Frank, is you're creating misinformation. Right. We talk about we don't want to be misrepresented. Well, that's a misrepresented misrepresentation of you mm-hmm. and your family. Mm-hmm. When you start to muddy up the the family tree, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, 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 I could put Obama on my family tree, but he's not related. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have him on my family tree, but until I find there is a connection to him, he's just a nice to want to have, right. and he's not really part of the family tree. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that construct construct of family and family tree. And I'm going to come back that, to that more than once because I think it's important that we get a clear understanding of what family is so that we don't create things that we see in ancestry where you have a family tree set up and everybody's name is private. Hmm. You know, or everybody's name is pointing to somebody who is not truly a real family member. Right. That's important to to know what family means, because that's how you're documenting your history. Your family's history in in America is documented through your connection to your blood relatives throughout time in America and the history of America. Hmm. So, Martha, what, what do you want our audience to leave with tonight? I think leave with a positive thought that you can find the basic information about your family in the census records, or you can support it and document it. That's the beginning. And I think also to give yourself, forgive yourself if you don't do it right the first time, because things are not set in stone and you can fix things. But make the attempt to try to find at least your parents and their parents. Hmm. Now you can you know? go to the local news to the local library, and they have the newspaper for your your city, your county, your state yeah. on microfilm. Yes, That's if do. you're not using 
Ancestry or if you do not subscribe to newspaper.com. But if you subscribe to newspaper.com, you can research all of the newspapers that are included in that in that company. And you can search for names of your family members. You can find events, you can find mm-hmm. deaths, you can find mm-hmm. weddings, marriages, mm-hmm. whatever situation in the newspaper, you can find it. So it definitely enhances your research ability because when you run into these roadblocks, you have that to fall back on. Right. You know. And and you know what? There are free sites that people can begin with. You don't have to necessarily have a subscription. Mm-hmm. You can go to Family Search, mm-hmm. which is housed by the Latter- Church of the Latter Day Saints, or we know them as Mormons. Mm-hmm. They provided the entire 1880 census free of charge for everyone. Mm-hmm. But if you sign up, and I don't think they're charging you to sign up, you can sign up and you can actually look at records from Family Search. You can go to Roots, uh, web, rootsweb.com. They also have it. Access Genealogy is another free site. You can go to your local library, like you said, Frank, and you, they'll allow you to get into Ancestry under their um, address, and you can do preliminary research that way. So there's lots of ways that you can start doing uh, family tree searches. So as the timekeeper, mm-hmm. it's time for us to shut it down. Oh, boy, you go ahead, shut us down. Well, again, I'm with Martha all the way on this. This is such an important topic, and we have to walk through this slowly because we have to listen to each episode and and consider what we have missed and what we Mm -hmm. need to gain. We really need to get into our examples so that we can make it clear for those of you who are new to uh, Family Tree um, and and creating your family tree. So we just want to make it better. And I mm-hmm. appreciate all of you for what you're doing and how you're helping us. And like always, we love you. We love you. And until next time. We're going to say. Be good. Be good. <laughs>